to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and the time of the Lord's favor is upon me. Today, we're emptying our alabaster jars and kissing the feet of Jesus as he shows us how he wipes the slate clean. But before we scandalously let our hair down, now that their sins have been forgiven, let's show much love to our favorite co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Let that hair down. Less yelling this time. <laughs> yeah, you were really loud last time. Yeah, last time. You were real hyped. Yeah. Just excited to be back. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Hey guys. Hi. Hey. Um, new time. We're recording this a little bit earlier in the day. Feels a little a, better. We got a little more I mean, energy sure. or you feel, yeah. you feel good? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. All right. A little yeah. bit. Uh, we are in the middle. If you attend Grace Church, which I assume hundred percent of friends of the pod. I don't know. No, <laughs> Maybe no, not. No, remember we met, that's right. That's we just right. met a couple that yeah. started listening to this podcast and that's what then led to them coming to grace. That's right. All right. So if you go to grace church, the staff of grace church is in the throes of what we're calling factory week where we kind of shut the factory down. So 52 weeks a year, we're doing ministry church never stops people. It's every weekend, every weekend, every day church Sunday is always coming. Yes. And that's why we do between Sundays to offer you Anyways, uh, (laughs) uh, I feel like that was a lot. Yeah. So we're in the throes of what we're calling factory week, where we shut down the factory to work on the factory. So 52 weeks a year, we're doing ministry. There's one week that we have decided, okay, every ministry area is going to come up with a list of projects of things that we would love to do if we just had time to do it, but we never have time to do it. So what can we work on this week that will make ministry the other 51 weeks of the year that much better and so we're in day two of this experiment yeah how are you guys feeling i'm feeling good i've i've had the chance to kind of poke my head into different groups as they've been they've been working on stuff yeah everybody seems to be really getting a ton done and feeling really accomplished and Mm -hmm. i've seen just lots of cool projects taking everything from like cleaning out a specific closet to we're building a, a um, family restroom that's going to yeah. be close to our, our disabilities ministry so mm-hmm. that families can use that. It's, it's all happening. It's great. Yeah. So many closets in this building. A lot of closets. <laughs> Lots a lot of, of closets. closet cleaning. Before we turned on the pod, Marin said that they uh, they found three banjos. Three. <laughs> no less than three banjos. So one dulcimer, yep, one so hammer dulcimer. Factory week. It comes <laughs> and goes. Know. Yeah, you, you never just, know. What it's you're just like find. three banjos all of a sudden, and now we are. Living the high life. Yeah. We've yeah. also, I'm sure, found lots of like floppy disks. And- <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I've walked around a little bit. I've participated in this a number of times just kind of with my team. And uh, it's always cool because it it's people working on stuff that, that they don't usually get to work on. Well, and- you kind of brought the idea to us as a staff, right? You, yeah. you were the one who had experience with what you call factory week yep. before bringing it to the staff. Yeah. One of the goals is just like, let's, we find unity in the projects that none of us have time to do. And people get to lead different projects that maybe they don't get to participate in during their normal work rhythms, like build shelves for the care center or, mm-hmm. uh, figure out how to make the, the account experience on the website that much better. And, um, how do we increase volunteer appreciation and things like that, that mm-hmm. we don't really like, we, we think about it, but we get to put energy into those things that we don't 
get to yeah things do. that we think about things that we want to do but things yeah. that always end up getting put on the back burner because of the tyranny yeah. of the urgent yeah. and all the other things we have to yeah. do so and, and every morning through the week we're gathering as the whole staff for a quick little check-in just to share like what what did we accomplish yesterday what yeah. are we going to try to get done today so you actually do get a sense of all the stuff that's going on yep. it's pretty cool and people get excited because we see all the stuff that's completing and completed and Marin's excited. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Tyler, I have a tough time reading your face. I know. My face is hard <laughs> to read. I feel like Factory Week is probably like Christmas to you. Like you How love dare it. You? you love this idea. And you, I was telling somebody earlier today, nobody loves sticky notes more than Tyler <laughs> Bender. If you, like every meeting you've yeah. ever facilitated, there's giant sticky notes on the wall. There's a million Very small tactile. sticky notes. And now you've got like a smart board. <laughs> Digital sticky Actual notes. Actual digital sticky yeah, notes. Yeah, major, major uh, board with every master sticky note. <laughs> sticky the note. Future, yeah. The future is now. <laughs> yeah. So I take it you don't love sticky notes. No, I mean, they're, they're cool, but like I, no one loves them as much. <laughs> That's, that, I don't know. Quite Maybe, as yeah, much yeah. as you do. I mean, there's lots of colors. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's been a great time. I do live for this. <laughs> this is, I, I love like, uh, I love just the energy that it kind of creates. So that's what we're doing. Friends of the pod. That's yeah. what we're doing this week. Anything else new? Do we need to do lightning around? We're actually skipping factory week to do the pod because we took, I don't know, seven weeks months, off months and months. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're doing the pot. We're bringing negotiable. Yeah. yeah. Got to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lightning round. Is that lightning round. Yeah. Lightning round. What's new. All right. What's new? I am reading again. I'm back as a You're reader. Back? I, Yay! so when I was doing world next door back when I was traveling all the time, I would, I would take my, my old Kindle with me and I would have like five or six books going at once. That's like my favorite way. One is, is like a science book. One is like your big shot. One is a theology book. One is a science fiction book. One, I just yeah. love and like history. I love reading a ton of stuff and being able to have diversity where I could just be like, I think I'm going to go read this history of Rome right now. And then I'm going to go read this book about space travel or whatever, you know, like I, that's my favorite. Um, and that kind of stopped when I stopped traveling. Cause I didn't have as much time. I, my lifestyle changed yeah. a little bit. And then I went into seminary and I was forced to read all the time, which mm -hmm. I loved, but it was all being dictated to me by my, my classes. Mm -hmm. And then when that ended, I kind of enjoyed not having to read all the time. And I just sort of drifted away from it. Well, I've been feeling the need to get back to reading again. And they just released a new Kindle. That's like a thousand times faster than my old one. So I, I went <laughs> yeah, ahead, wireless I saved up for it. I no, it doesn't have wireless charging. <laughs> what? Not the one I got. Oh, come but on. It's Stop like, raining on his parade. It's so He's much, back. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so, so much better than the, the old one. And that was the impetus I needed to, to get a few new books. And so, and Liv put a little chair. She, I don't think she was doing this for me, but she put a little chair in the corner of our little dining room. Cleo uses it for yeah. naps. And when she's not sitting in it, I'm sitting in it, reading my books in the morning <laughs> yeah. with my coffee. And so I'm like so happy and I'm reading a really, really entertaining science fiction book by the guy who wrote The Martian. So, mm -hmm. you know, The Martian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Matt Damon. Well, the movie. Yeah. Matt Damon. You didn't, <laughs> Marin doesn't know The Martian. Watch no. it. It's so good. Anyway, he wrote another book called Project Hail Mary. And I'm, it's like, I haven't had this much fun reading a book in a while. So good. Yeah, that's all. We can do this. We can guys. Good for you. We can read. I'm a reader. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Marin, lightning round. What's new? Uh, two things. Trunk or treat was it's awesome. Scarf season. Scarf season. Scarfs are back. Marin, Marin's are... in her uh, comforter <laughs> scarf. <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 too chilly for my liking. Yeah. And this is a scarf that doubles as like a lap blanket. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I always wish I had a lap blanket. It's like king size scarf. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty right. cozy. It's comfy. Um, yeah, trunk or treat was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was, I believe it or not, my first time like experiencing a Grace Church trunk or treat because yeah. we didn't do it. Me too, actually. At Fisher's. Wow. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it was awesome. So many families. You guys both great. had trunks? Yep. Mine so- was... I kind of call, called it in on that one. No, <laughs> yours, no, 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 no. Yours was like the star of the show because you brought Cleo. Well, that's well, true. Yeah. We did have- but you brought Desi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong for that. What? She's cool. <laughs> She's an attraction. She's an attraction. We went as peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Nice. Peanut butter jelly. Yeah. But so no, nothing, nothing can top Cleo dressed as Captain America. That was cute. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was very cute. So yeah, lots of people came. I thought it was good. A little cold, a little cold, a little, a little cold. windy. It, it, it definitely got colder as the, the event yeah. went on. Here's the problem. We put all of our like effort into trunk or treat. Yeah. So when we went home that night mm. and oh. it, it didn't even occur to us that kids would knock on our door. Oh, we you blew it. We don't have a sidewalk that leads to our door. Mm-hmm. We're kind of pushed off the street a little bit. Last mm. year, the year before, we might have gotten two kids that stopped by our driveway. For some reason, this was the year everyone wanted to come and to our door. Wow. Left, they left empty handed. No, they oh. left with Ritz crackers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> One left with a package of dry ramen. What are you we just thinking? We're just giving out. What is wrong? We can find. Here's just some, turn some, the lights <laughs> off and don't even answer instead of insulting <laughs> them with your Ritz crackers. No, no, Loose no. chocolate chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We gave them an option. The first kid that came, we're like, look, we've got this sleeve of Ritz crackers, this package of dry ramen and this bag of Cheetos. And he God chose. is watching. He chose the ramen and he was thrilled about it. Like he skipped wow. away from the door. Well, was he old enough to understand? Oh, totally. He he was. And so then I'm like, Des, we got to make a sign. So we put a sign on the door that said, sorry, we're all out of candy. Knock if you love Ritz crackers. You would not <laughs> believe how many people knocked on the door. Oh my. Even after they were informed. Yeah. You should they have knocked anyway. Maybe next year. Maybe that's a thing. Next year. It's just ramen and Ritz. <laughs> ramen and Ritz. And that's, oh you guys just become known as the neighborhood <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> that's, that's who we were. We, I mean, we put all of our efforts into trunk or treat yeah. and did not even think that Oh yeah, Halloween actually can I, happens. Can I say one, of, get one of the highlights from Trunk or Treat? I know this is your update and this isn't much of a lighting, but <laughs> one of the highlights is Doug Kramer, our uh, chairman of the governing board. <laughs> yeah. He and his and his family make a Harry Potter trunk and they just keep adding to it each year, new new elements or whatever. And he had a full Hagrid costume. Yes, he did. Long beard, long <laughs> hair. But the funny thing was that it was so windy, the hair kept getting all over his face. He couldn't see. And so before, right before it began, we were, I was right next to him and we were, we were debating, does he, does he do it in a man bun, like a Hagrid in a man <laughs> oh bun my. or like a ponytail or what? So yeah. that was a, it was a highlight. He was yeah. good times having a good time. Yeah, that was fun. Um, the other quick update. Yep. Little Mermaid is already underway. Wow. And so are you I in the show? You, it's already amazing. I have a very small supporting role, but yes, I'm in the show. I will be singing and dancing once again with my daughter. Um, but last night was the read through the whole cast yeah. gathered mm-hmm. just for the read through the read through guys, the read through 
There were moments that made me laugh hysterically. Really? Moments that made me tear up. Moments that gave me goosebumps. And it was just the read through. My daughter and I just were just like, we just got more and more geeked out. The the longer the night went on about, oh man, I can't. I'm an emotional person. I can't (laughs) wait to see how this thing shapes up. So it's going to be great. What a tease. Already underway. All right. It's going to be awesome. Grace. It's November. Isn't the show in like. February. End of February. That's like four months from now. Do we really need to yeah, do I mean, this? Judging by the read through, no. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're ready. ready to go. <laughs> we're good to go. I mean, well, well we need some time to learn our you're dance not gonna be, moves. You're but... not going to be like practicing through Christmas and stuff, right? Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah, so yeah, really, yeah, you got like three months to yeah. get it ready. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's but there's be a, a music rehearsal tonight and then I heard there's well, should, rehearsal Thursday. Can, we're underway. What are you about to say? Something you, top secret things is under wraps. Is it a spoiler to say there's don't wheel? say it. Is if, it a spoiler <laughs> to say we are turning the entire stage into a massive pool aquarium? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, there, there are elements that I'm not as aware of cause I'm not a director. I'd, I'd never seen the, the show before. Like so I do skates. wonder like how will, how will they move fluidly? How will they give the illusion of being under the sea? Okay. Yeah. Down where it's wetter. yeah that song so much fun oh my goodness all right yeah cool so we're in week five what's your lightning update oh my lightning update (laughs) uh we did way too many trick-or-treats and i'm not the 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 score we did three different trick-or-treat that's too much things yeah this year mm-hmm. and the score, the bounty, no good. Too Were they much? all in the same No, just day. not enough. And it's all like bit of honey. Not enough. <laughs> where, I don't know where you. Bit of honey and. Mounds. Mounds. Was it all? Cause I used, so when my kids were little, I can remember the same thing where you had yeah. three different events. There were yeah. years that my kids wore three different costumes. Oh my goodness. In a year, just cause they wanted to be this uh, thing for that thing. And God. I always like made their own costumes. Yeah. Like, Desi was Shakespeare wow. one year. Wow. Um, anyway, and I, Did you I make love hers doing this year? it. No. Peanut no. butter? <laughs> no. This year was run straight home from church. Uh-huh. Grab the first thing you find and run right back yeah. to church. Um, but no, I remember being in the years where my kids were that age and yeah. they could. I mean, kids have like dress up clothes and they dress up as different characters all the time. So it's easy to be three different characters. Yeah. I just kind of feel like, uh, I mean, we've heard about the shipping issue globally. Yeah. And heard about that. Yeah. So we've heard about that for a long time, but now enough's enough because the Halloween bounty was just like a little lean. That's that's whose fault is is that? Yeah. I mean, you think I've never had a bunch of uh, like so many whoppers and mounds first of all, come to my house and almond joys. Like where, where's the Reese's pieces? Where's I'm still laughing at bit of honey. I've (laughs) I've not thought of that candy in ages. There's bit of honey in the bag. So I'm that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I'm there for the Twix. I'm there for the whoppers. Yeah. Global Mm. supply shortage. Yeah. Come on. I don't think that's what it was. (laughs) No. All right. Well, I'm not satisfied. Here's where I say enough's enough. I, I was at Kroger the other day. I was at the good Kroger on 116th and Olio. <laughs> the, good Fancy Kroger. Kroger. the good one. And I remembered the days of samples at the cheese counter. <laughs> and those went away with Settle COVID. Down. And I just wonder, will we ever have oh, samples yeah. good th- again? Good. Wow. What are the other 
things. No, that's the only thing. I wonder that, if that we've ever, lost with COVID. Ever <laughs> yeah. samples? Is there a again. greater loss than the cheese samples samples Man. at the grocery store? Like, will it come back? Like, that's not I, that big of a deal. I can't but think of anything. When you say it, you're like, oh yeah, that's a big deal. Like, it hasn't come back yet, or ever. Maybe wow. we'll never get there. What if it never, what if I raise my grandkids in a world without samples? <laughs> your grandkids will sit on your knee. You'll say there was a time there were free fish stick Yeah. They samples. used to just give you stuff for yeah. free. Made in a toaster oven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and now we have to hunt for rats in the afterscape. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Week yeah. five, final week of our sermon series, Moments with Jesus. Uh, Barry, you gave the message this past weekend. So before we dig into it, can you give us the big idea of what you wanted people to take away? From this weekend? Yeah, last week. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sermon. Okay, well, you <laughs> said before we dig into the sermon. Before we dig I in, I confused. ask questions and all these things. I think we understand things. how the can podcast tell us? works. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Season We're, two, season two. <laughs> season two, episode season two. two. <laughs> We're off to a bumpy start. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this weekend we looked at, it was the last of our five part series looking at different specific moments with Jesus and sort of what do we learn about him and his character. And so we looked at the story of this uh, quote unquote sinful woman who came, you don't let a prostitute touch your feet. You've been waiting so long to (laughs) to just have that sound clip. Uh, (sighs) Sinful woman who anointed Jesus's feet while he was at a dinner party at a Pharisee's house. It was very scandalous. It was very shocking. Um, And yet what, what we learn about Jesus in that moment is about his forgiveness, about his willingness to wipe the slate clean. And uh, part of the the twist in the story, which I had actually quite a few people point out that they had not heard this before, is that if you look at the actual Greek grammar and the way the story is structured, the implication is that this woman had already been forgiven by Jesus. She had encountered him at some point in the village of Nain and, and he had forgiven her. And this whole act was an outpouring of gratitude uh, this, uh, she's weeping, she's washing his, his feet with her tears. Uh, it's an act of gratitude. And Jesus reiterates to her that you are forgiven, go in peace. And mm. this is for him. This is a way of describing like you are now able to live a life yeah. that is exactly what God intended for you and, and, you know, return to Eden and joy and, and wholeness and all of it. Mm-hmm. It's all yours for the taking because you asked and mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm faithful to wipe the slate clean essentially. So that was the story. And, um, yeah, I got, I got emotional at all three of the services because there's something about that story that to me, I think all of us are that woman mm-hmm. in so many ways. And it is an invitation for us to, to, um, to consider how are we pouring out our gratitude yeah. to Jesus for the things that he's done for us. And um, the line that inevitably got me is when I, I quoted Luke four and how Jesus begins his ministry by quoting from the prophet Isaiah about the year of the Lord's favor is coming. And, and something about the idea of Jesus essentially implying to this woman, the year of the Lord's favor has come for you. Yeah. Knowing all of what this woman has gone through, it just slayed me every time I was preaching. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, that was, that was it. It was an invitation for us to pour out our gratitude to, to Jesus on what he's done for us. And if we haven't experienced forgiveness, if we haven't had our slate wiped clean, it's, I asked the question, what are we waiting for? Yeah. What are you waiting for? So, yeah. so you primarily focus on Luke seven, mm-hmm. Luke chapter seven. And, uh, <clears throat> as I was rereading it today and re-listening to the, the sermon, it, a couple things are really interesting to me. 
I think a lot of times, maybe it's just me, but maybe, maybe this is how I've just always pictured it since I was a little kid is like the, the Pharisees are like the big bad of the Bible. It's Mm. like, those are just the bad guys. Mm. But Jesus was invited to attend dinner at a Pharisee's house in which Jesus accepted the invitation. Mm. And I don't know. That just struck me as like, we, I've just always pictured them as the bad guys, but he chose, you know, we, we talk about the woman in the story who is kind of the outcast or whatever, but Jesus also chose to spend time with people that were like, Oh yeah. Looking back 2020 vision. Like those are the bad guys. Like he, I don't know. Is there anything significant about that? Well, to be clear, I don't think that we're meant to think of the Pharisees as a whole as bad guys. Yeah. I think, there are some that definitely are bad. They miss the point. They're completely yeah. wrong. But like, there are also Pharisees that follow Christ. Paul was a Pharisee and he didn't really yeah. stop being a Pharisee mm. in the sense of all the things that defined a Pharisee, the yeah. seal for the Lord, the passion, the the fervor for, for the yeah. law of Moses, like all of that, that continued in him. And so really, and like this story is a great example. When we see the Pharisees more often than not, we are being the reader is being put in their shoes to ask the same questions. Like, are they going to be willing? The the lights just turned out. Yeah. Are we, are we going to see Jesus and think, yeah, he's crazy. Like some of these Pharisees do, or are we going to see him and realize, oh, he's the fulfillment of the very law that I came to follow. And we don't know where Simon landed. We honestly don't. The guys at the table all were like, who is this guy that goes around forgiving sins? but we never, it's open-ended. We don't yeah. know. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pigeonhole all Pharisees as the bad guys. I yeah. would think of it as they are um, zealous, yeah. godly people or, or attempting to be godly, attempting to be, to be righteous. Yeah. And their zeal is often uh, in conflict with what Christ has come to, to the grace yeah. that he has come to offer. And I so wish that's, that you would have conflict. been there for those flannel board lessons, because <laughs> I understand they were painted as the bad yeah, guys. They're always like looking down their noses. Church. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you should have just been there to raise your hand. Actually, well, yeah. <laughs> and Actually, this, this is Rogers. This is a newer, <laughs> I mean, it's a newer uh, development in biblical scholarship to talk about the Pharisees in this way. It's, Mm. it's cause like even Paul, most of the time when we read Paul, we think he converted away from being a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. He left that life behind and became a Christian. And we think he, you know, got rid of the law of Moses and went a completely different direction. But when you look at biblical theology, you realize actually Pharisees were trying to live out the zeal of the Lord, which, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, they just, and and they had the opportunity to turn that zeal into zeal for Christ. And that's what happened with Paul. So, Anyway, it's, it's a bit of a newer nuance, but I yeah. think it comes out of biblical theology when you understand the bigger story. Hmm. And then we're introduced to this woman by the writer saying, this is a certain immoral woman. Yeah. And my first question is, I mean, you said she snuck in or maybe she broke in mm-hmm. to this house and started doing this stuff. We don't know, but yeah. How, how's that possible? Like how, how could she have gotten in there so easily? And it's to me, it says a lot of like what she's willing to go through mm-hmm. to get to Jesus. Like that's, it's an incredible act when you picture like she had, she either had to sneak in or yeah. she had to break in. Like, yeah. I guess, I don't know, maybe I just have never read it. Right. But I always assumed like she was just kind of around, Yeah, but she wasn't, she had to get in there somehow. And 
you're going to where you're not welcome and then you're compelled to start doing things that are like you define them as scandalous, mm-hmm. you know, letting your hair down, right. uh, kissing your feet, washing them with tears, putting the perfume on them. And I don't know, was it widely thought that her spiritual uncleanliness was contagious? Sure. That, I mean, it was a known thing. This is not a woman that you want. Yeah. So she's like, you. I don't know. It, it just, it rings different when it's like, she had to, to overcome a lot to mm. get to where she, to the feet of Jesus. She had to overcome a lot of things. Yeah. The shame. Yeah. But also like you're, you're trespassing in a religious leader's house. Right. You know, I don't well, know. And, and the thing is we don't really know what, honestly, sometimes if I ever want to check my own presuppositions, I'll always try to picture the same scene instead of happening in like American culture happening in Indian culture. Yeah. I mentioned India in my sermon because it, it helps because it, of all the places I've been, it's the one that's the farthest away from American culture that I yeah. can think of. And in India, wherever there were like big deal people, there was always a crowd around. Mm. Like anytime I went to one of these rallies, there would always be a crowd. Uh, you know, I could very easily imagine as these men are sitting there having their dinner, there's also just, random bystanders who are there or maybe like, so I, I I don't know that it's inconsistent. It wasn't like they were all sitting around a dining room and all of a sudden a woman barges in necessarily. There could have been people milling about, but regardless her presence at this dinner party, even if there was a crowd was not welcome. And Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. So I, that's why I said maybe she snuck in, maybe she broke in. We don't know, but she wasn't really supposed to be there. So what's her, what do you guys think her emotional state was like, cause she's taking these very bold and brave actions, but she's also crying. Yeah. So like what, what, what do you think she's feeling at this moment? Cause she, it doesn't really say like what she says. Right. So yeah, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. What do you, how do you guys read that? What is she feeling? What are her emotions? Well, based on what Jesus says later, those who have been forgiven much love much. And so I think that, really goes to support what you were Mm -hmm. saying, Barry, that there is um, a very good chance that she had already been forgiven. And out of that um, just overwhelming sense of gratitude, she was willing to do whatever it took to get to him, bring him the most precious thing that she owned Mm -hmm. and just give it all to him and Mm -hmm. pour it out. Lavishly. Yeah. Right. Right. Because she's so grateful. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I always felt was, her driving motivation in mm-hmm. this story. Um, she had one thing of worth and just wanted to pour it all out for Jesus. On Jesus. I just, as I was thinking about this woman, I, I also mentioned this in my sermon, but being in Cambodia, um, I met girls. I met women that had been in the sex industry that mm-hmm. had been sold by their own parents to brothels that, that I, there's a, there's a, um, an aphorism in Cambodia that Mm -hmm. men are like gold. Women are like white cloth. If you drop a bar of gold in the mud, you wash it off, you wipe it off. And it's just like, it never got dirty. If you drop white cloth in the mud, it'll never be clean again. Like it'll never, even if you wash it, it will never be perfectly white again. That's That's how they think of it. And I just imagine like, if you're a woman in that culture and you've become white cloth in the mud and you've, you've soiled yourself out of desperation, out of need or out of greed, whatever it is, like imagine your own self 
reflection, how you think mm-hmm. of yourself, what your your own identity and your own mind. And then it's reinforced by everybody looking at you askance and like mm-hmm. being disgusted by you or not wanting to be near you and all of that. Uh, you know, we've got that story of the the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman that mm-hmm. has to go out in the middle of the day to get water that yeah. Jesus meets her because, because presumably because she couldn't go out with all the other women in the cool of the day. So the mm-hmm. isolation this yeah. woman feels to have someone who is a, again, a miracle worker. She probably heard about this guy raising a man from the dead for him to look her in the eyes and forgive her of her sins. I can't even imagine. I can't begin to imagine what that would have done for her emotionally to, to know that she has dignity that, that he says that she's, she's forgiven Mm -hmm. and seems to represent the will of God. It's, Mm. it's staggering. So I, I would, uh, I really think that little devotional thing we had at the end, uh, Ashleen mm-hmm. wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things she said is something to the effect of like, you don't even realize what you're doing. You can't even, you don't even know what's going on. You're just overwhelmed. I think that's mm. gotta be part of it that, that she's not doing all of these things out of some calculated act of doing a ritual thing. And yeah. then I wash and then I do that. No, I think, and I, I pointed to that, the Greek verbs there, they all run into each other. She washed and she wept and she bathed and she yeah. anointed. And she, so it's like, it's just this, outpouring yeah. overflow of emotion. Yeah. It's really beautiful to think about. It's also, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's kind of awkward to think about. Like, yeah. <laughs> imagine so how everybody else was feeling like, Ooh, like yeah. cringing or awkward. Cause like, I don't know. Picture, picture that happening picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say she's like a prostitute, likely possibly. Yeah. She's coming into a religious leader's space right. somewhere where she doesn't belong and everybody else there is supposed to be there. So it picture you being one of the other people being like, Hey, is someone going to say something like, mm. what, we, what, you know, I feel like that's, you're, that's possibly embarrassing, but Jesus, like he has no shame about it. There's yeah. no shame. And the fact that Jesus receives her, uh, and her like extravagant, behavior yeah. is amazing. And I, like, I, I, I agree. Like, I feel like I'm the woman in the, mm-hmm. in the story, but I'm also trying to picture or not picture, but I'm also trying to think like, what does this actually say about Jesus? Hmm. And to me, it's just like things that are shameful or embarrassing to me. He sees no part of, yeah. I don't know. Cause yeah. I feel like if I would have been in that room, I would have been like, Hey, someone, you're making me look weird. Yeah. You're going to say something like, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's this guy doing? Or Simon, like right. Simon, get this lady out of here. What, right. You know, I don't know. I, yeah. It's I just, interesting. Cause yeah, you, I, I was going to say something about this, but you mentioned it's like, there's no shame. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're shameless. But in, yeah. in a sense, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no shame. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and, yeah. and for Jesus and for this woman, like the shame is gone. And yeah. so why be awkward? You know, yeah. because the, there is no shame in this. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, it's, it's really profound. Yeah. And the reaction of the, of, of Simon, the host, you, you talked about like yeah. all the things he didn't do that she ended up kind of right. doing. That was like the plot twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. he didn't wash Jesus's feet. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Shocker. That's what you're supposed to do. He didn't anoint his head with oil. He didn't give him a kiss of greeting. Like these are all, that's all pretty kind of like a slap in the face, a little yeah. bit disrespectful. Mm. Or at least an oversight, but yeah, probably but disrespectful. The, but even when he criticizes her, he's criticizing Jesus, right? Like he's like, yeah, she's a sinner, but if he were actually a prophet, right. he would have known this. Right. So it's like, 
double criticism. Mm. It's like, I don't just like disrespect you. I don't even believe who you say you are or something, you know, like sure. it's like, if this, it started, it's like, if this guy was a prophet, like everybody says he is, yeah, he would know, not he would know that this woman is a sinner. So they're both wrong or something. Right. I don't know. But then she's looking at him and saying, because I know he's a prophet of God, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to give him the, dis- the respect yeah. and the honor he deserves, man. Yeah. It's great. Well, and did he, did he say it to himself out loud? Oh yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. The NLT takes a, a bit of a leap and says he, and so he answered his thoughts. The literally it just says he answered him. Yeah. 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 He, the, the, the version in the app says when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, uh-huh. if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. And so then Jesus yeah, response, Simon, Hey Simon, I have something to say to you. Yeah. Yeah. Could you just imagine? Could you just imagine? <laughs> and his response is go ahead, teacher. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Which, which frankly, considering the context, it could have been since he doesn't even He's starting to think what well, this rabbi must not be legit because of this yeah. for him to say, go ahead, teacher. It's, it's almost like uh, a little bit of like patronizing, a, go ahead, teacher, the <laughs> one who's going to teach me <laughs> wisdom. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Or not. We're le- again, we're left open. We don't know what si- he might've had a complete no, change of that's heart. That's definitely what happened. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, I love the relationship Jesus draws uh, to grace and love later in the passage. He basically, he says basically that her sins are many and therefore he uses the word. So, mm-hmm. so like his, her sins are many. So she has shown me much love, like because her sins are many, she's going to yeah. show me yeah. that. But a person who's forgiven little only shows little love. What do you guys think about that? Like what, what, what do you believe about the relationship between that he draws between grace and love? Mm. Mm. It's a great question. One thing I thought about, and this may be not, this isn't necessarily a direct answer to your question, but it's tangential. The, for the implication, he's referring to her and saying she's been forgiven much. And so, you know, therefore she loves much. And you could say, well, then therefore, then Simon is the one who's been forgiven little. And you might think because he doesn't have much to be forgiven for, mm. or is it because he's not asked for forgiveness? Right. And, and so I'm not sure what the answer is. Maybe he's, maybe he doesn't need forgiveness because he's been doing the right things or is it because he has not acknowledged his own sinfulness right. and therefore he hasn't asked and hasn't received the grace mm. that God offers. So mm. I don't know. That's, that's just a little thought I had as yeah. I was reading. I was thinking, huh, I wonder, I wonder what, what that means. But um, what was, say your question again. It, it was just really startling for me to see the tie that Jesus makes from, if you receive grace, you will love more. If you receive more grace, you will love more. If you mm. receive less grace or less forgiveness, you will love less. And he's like, he's like tying those two things together, grace and sure. love. And so I just didn't know what you guys thought about that. What do you, what, how does that strike you? Cause I've never really thought about that, mm-hmm. that those two things are tied together. Yeah. I've seen it, um, in my mom's life, in my life. Um, my parents, I would say were just so incredibly zealous. Um, and I always attributed that to, they were, they were just brought out of such a uh, horrendous lifestyle and, and saved from so much like this woman, like this woman had been yeah, and therefore dedicated the rest of their lives to pretty radical like service mm. in the kingdom of God. Um, they were never content to just be like, you know, just church church mm-hmm. attenders. And that's, that's like the, 
as far as their, as their religion goes, not, not yeah. even close. They, they, they opened their home. They were in ministry all my life, um, reaching out to the down and outers because they mm. were down and outers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just always, I had seen that. I had seen the way that my mom lived and the way that my mom worshiped and the way that my mom loved the Lord and the way she was devoted to him. I saw that as a direct result and an outgrowth of the grace that she had been, been shown. Mm -hmm. That part. Yeah. I can, I, I see that. I never tied the other part Mm -hmm. to it. Like if you don't receive, if you're not one to receive much forgiveness or if you receive not like less grace or something, mm. you will love less. Like I, I've well, never thought about that. Maybe it's because there isn't, there's an element of feeling like you deserve it. Like if you are such a good person or, or you're a uh, zealot, you're a yeah. zealot, like this person was a yeah. zealot. And I feel like I have been that person at other stages in my life right. where I'm so good and I'm so righteous mm. because, you know, I actually read the Bible and do what it says. And, mm. you know, where you don't have to thank Jesus because you did it yourself. Right. Right. There's a self-righteousness yeah. that is all too easy to, to slip into or to find yourself or maybe you're not even aware of that self-righteousness, mm-hmm. but sometimes that just kind of can come with the territory of trying so hard mm-hmm. on your own strength to be good and to do all the right things. Yeah. Um, One thing I've learned kind of on the flip side of that is that as I've grown in my faith, like I'm a, I'm my, I've been fine. I'm a, I was a pastor's kid. Like I never went off the deep end. I've, I was never, but as I've grown in my faith, I've also grown in my understanding of my own brokenness mm-hmm. and my own selfishness. And I am not infallible. It's true. It's true. <laughs> wow. You were fast on that. Uh, so I'm like more and more aware every year that goes by, even as I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a good guy. I'm more and more aware of my own <laughs> selfishness, mm-hmm. my own proclivity for sin, for brokenness, all of that. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I'm more and more aware of how deep God's grace is for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so maybe there's an aspect of it there where it's like, maybe my, even though I'm, I'm not like mounting up major like sins and I'm not like, you know, I don't know what you fill in the blank, all the terrible mm-hmm. things. I'm not murdering people. I'm not doing all that <laughs> stuff, but every day that goes by, I'm becoming slowly more aware of how much God's grace has done for yeah. me. And as a result, it should translate to more gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Listen to what I say and believe it as true. <laughs> Again, taken out of context. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that this particular Pharisee got to that place yet. Mm, yeah. Not, not from what we can tell in this right. story. You know, we all, like you said, if we're doing the, the honest work of letting the Holy spirit reveal truths to us, um, and kind of show us our blind spots and reveal some of our hidden uh, wretchedness, yeah. that amazing grace that saves yeah. a wretch like me. I don't think that, that this Pharisee uh, was there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he got yeah. there. I think this might've helped him get there. The mm. The response of Jesus saying, you know, you didn't offer to wash the dust off my feet, but she did. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but she did. I bet you those words were like little nails in his heart mm. when, when he realized that she was f- showing so much love yeah. because she yeah. had been forgiven more. Mm. Yeah. Uh, finally, Jesus says that the woman's faith has saved her. But as I'm reading this, I'm like, 
this passage doesn't explicitly mention faith. Mm. So how do our actions demonstrate faith? Well, remember that in Greek, the word faith and the word trust are kind of the same. And so when we read faith, we tend to read it and immediately think of it as an intellectual assent to a truth of some kind. But but in the Greek, in the way that they used that word, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of acting out mm-hmm. a belief in a sense, putting sure. your trust in something. And so what we're seeing, even though she's not speaking any words, we are seeing her trust in the forgiveness of Jesus, mm. in her gratitude. She's saying, I actually believe what you've said is true, that, yeah. that I'm forgiven, that I am a new person. And so I'm going to pour out that gratitude. I I, mm. I don't know if this is like, I heard it in a, in a seminary class once, but I've heard of something called a performative speech act where it's like, rather than saying you're doing something that, that demonstrates yeah. what words would otherwise do. Like you could say, I believe in Jesus, or you could pour expensive perfume on his feet out of gratitude for Mm -hmm. what he has said. Yeah. Like both of those are indications of faith. Um, but I think it's even deeper. It's an indication of trust that Mm. she's willing to trust, trust him when he says that, that her sins are forgiven. Mm. That's really good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We still, we, (laughs) we still think of faith in that way. Like with the word trust, you're you're right that more often than not, our brains go directly to an intellectual ascent of some kind. But when I think of like, all faithful. Like we can, mm. we can trust that this geyser is going to blow, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it whatever. Is, it has been slowing down ever so slightly <laughs> because, as water supplies have decreased. Okay. Oh, however, however, faithful, but that, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's faithful, not yes. for any reason of intellect. It's faithful because we can trust it to do the does. thing. Yes. Right. Hmm. I never even thought about that. And so her trust in him. Look at you. I mean, that you're the one who brought it up, Barry. That's, that's a really great way, yeah. great way to look at your faith has saved you. Your trust, your trust has saved you. Go in peace. That's cool. Hmm. Someone pointed out, I don't even think I, maybe I wrote it or maybe I just said it extemporaneously at the end of my message. But when I was talking to those who haven't yet experienced the, the forgiveness of Jesus, one of the things I said, at least in one of the messages was, do you trust in the forgiveness of Jesus. Like, do you be- mm. like believe it enough to actually give yourself to it? Yes. And I think that's something we need to wrestle with some more. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things I wrote down was, do we trust in the forgiveness of Jesus for other people? Mm. Like, I wonder what the rest of the Pharisees in that room thought about that woman yeah. from that day forward. It's one yeah. thing for mm. that woman to trust his forgiveness. I trust Jesus forgiveness of me. Yeah, that's that's yeah. interesting. But there have been some who have been angered. Yep, no, no she didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, angered by the forgiveness right. that I would now live into. Yes, mm-hmm. the, they. One of the things that he says to her is, "Your sins are forgiven." Right. Which, if you think of it in terms of she's trying to earn that forgiveness by this act, then it's just to her. But if you think of it as she's already been forgiven, yep. what he is saying is for the benefit of everyone in the room. Mm. He's, he's letting them know what he sees in her, that her sins are forgiven. And then that puts that on them yeah. to ask the question of, do I believe, do I trust in that? Do I believe in that? Am I going to treat Whoa. her as someone whose sins are forgiven? Or am I going to treat her as this unclean person? Yeah. And so who is that in my life? Hmm. Is there somebody that 
I still look at in their like pre-forgiven light. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Not trusting that his forgiveness for that person is also complete mm. and full. Um, yeah. Something to think about. Something to think Something about. Something to think about. So where do we go next? What are we doing? Well, we're switching gears big time. We're switching into a new series called Calm in the Chaos. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that what we called it? <laughs> All right. Calm in the Chaos. I couldn't remember where we landed on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what right. we're doing. It is, it is very much interesting. So here, here's what we've, what we've learned is that, uh, there are some common factors that we all face going yeah. into the holidays. And some of these factors we can actually look at and see carryover effects to things that we care deeply about. Like Tyler, you've brought up data that says that what divorce is most prevalent in February. February. Most divorce filings happen in February. Okay. Most divorce filings happen in February. Mm. The greatest data shows the greatest driver or one of the biggest divorce is, is money. Right. And when is money some of the most stressful and chaotic of the year at the holidays? Right now. So if we care about saving marriages, one of the things that we could be doing is to think about how do we help our our people get ahead of it. So that's just one example. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about family relationships. We're going to talk about grief, uh, and anxiety Mm -hmm. and cultural expectations. And how do we, as a, as a community prepare for the holidays, in a way that's going to help us survive them and thrive in them. Find calm in the chaos. That's right. So that's what the series is all about. Okay. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Good. So who's, uh, who's, who's preaching next week? I think Tim is up. Mm-hmm. All right. Tim is Tim up is first. Up. Yep. And we I won't be with last you. Show, so. I won't be with you for next week's pod. Cause I'll be, I'll be on vacation. I'm going down with my family to, um, Florida together with You're my parents. You're a grown up boy. I am a grown up boy. Uh, but so cool. you guys will have to take on, right, carry we'll on without me. We'll but. do it. Okay. Uh, Marin, will yeah. you uh, put your phone down and please, uh, <laughs> send us, <laughs> send us out. You know what? Do justly. Okay. Love mercy. <laughs> Walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>